You're listening to KFCF 88.1 FM in Fresno. Stay tuned. Coming up, Down in the Valley with Lloyd Carter. Oh, Lord. But when I jumped in the river, the doggone river was dry. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Lloyd Carter, Down in the Valley, the monthly show that focuses on ag, water, and environment issues in the valley. And uh, as you may have noticed from the paper this morning, Temperance Flat is still in the news. The dam that they want to build uh, just four miles uh, as the crow flies upstream from Frying Dam, they want to build another dam. They're billing it as a billion-dollar dam, but as we'll see, it's going to probably cost closer to three billion dollars so we'll get into that today and i'm going to take some calls uh, if people have questions as we get into this discussion of whether or not the valley should be putting all of its eggs in one basket in terms of a new dam solving all our problems the number here at the station is 266-8888 first i have a couple announcements i want to make one is next saturday may 20th the Central California Environmental Justice Network is having its fourth annual conference, Striving for a Healthier Central Valley. It's at the Big Red Church in the Tower District. That's 2131 North Van Ness Boulevard. Many of you are familiar with the Big Red Church. Uh, it's a free event. Uh, the festivities get underway at 9.30 in the morning and go to uh, late afternoon. Um, Luke Cole of the Center on Race, Poverty, and the Environment will be one of the speakers. There will be a discussion of uh, everything from the water supply in the communities of Cutler and Nerosi, dairies, dairies and sludge uh, in Kern County, uh, prisons in the valley. One of the things we do very well in this valley is we grow prisons, uh, water supply in Parlier, pesticides in Early Mart, asthma in fresno lots of good environmental issues so if you're interested it's next saturday may 20th a week from tomorrow at the big red church in the tower district 2131 north Venice. the other announcement i want to make is the 10th great oxford fresno debate that will be held on may 24th i have a guest today vincent lavery who is going to tell us a little bit about what the 10th great debate is going to be about uh, Vince, the subject of our debate is agribusiness has served the people of the Central Valley very well. Uh, and on the service law, that sounds harmless when you look at the motion. The motion before the House for the 10th grade Fresno-Oxford debate once again is agribusiness has served the people of the Central Valley very well. Now, there's three people who are going to argue the premise very well and three people who are going to argue the premise not so well. Correct statement, Lloyd? That's a correct statement. You want to tell your listeners who the people on the panel are? Well, the pro side will be De- Debbie Jacobson, who's a partner in J&L Vineyards. She's the immediate past president of Fresno County Farm Bureau. Alfreda Sabasto, who's a family farmer, member of the Fresno County Farm Bureau, and CEO of the board of directors of the Sabasto Group. And Paul Betancourt, excuse me, Paul Betancourt, who's a partner in VF Farms. Paul is a past president of the Fresno County Fresno County Farm Bureau, and he ran for the assembly against uh, Juan Arambula, who's in the news lately as a result of Temperance Flat. 
The con side of the debate will be myself, Michael Becker, who's a uh, professor of political science at Fresno State, and uh, Martha Guzman, who's a legislative analyst for CL CRLA, California Rural Legal Assistance in Sacramento. So it should be a lively evening. Vince, why don't you tell folks where it will be and uh, the time and the date. Wednesday, May the 24th, uh, from 7 to 9.30 p.m., and it will be held at the Craig School of Business, California State University, Fresno. There will be relaxed parking in Lot A. So once again, 7 o'clock, Wednesday, May the 24th, 2006. And I suggest you come early. The auditorium only holds 175 people. So it may look harmless on the surface, but I guarantee you this is going to be an extremely exciting debate, and hopefully you can come. And I want to take this opportunity to thank all the members of both panels for participating. And it starts at 7 p.m. That's a Wednesday night, May 24th, at the Craig School of Business on the Fresno State campus, the Alice Peters Auditorium. It's free admission, of course, although I, they do pass the hat uh, one of our uh, speakers, Martha Guzman, is coming from uh, uh, Sacramento to participate in this, and we're going to pony up uh, for her gas bill, which under today's rates should only be two or three thousand dollars. <laughs> Sacramento, is that correct? A few months ago, it would only have been a thousand. <laughs> I had a question, Vince. Uh, I see relaxed parking. Does that mean people sleep in their cars? Or? Relaxed? Yes, it's. No, no, free. I understand. You don't have to worry about parking on campus, folks. So. I really hope you'll attend. It's May 24th, 7 p.m., the Great Oxford Debate, and the subject is Agribusiness has served the people of the Central Valley very well, uh, and, of course, it'll be a lively debate because uh, public uh, well, there's been news uh, in the last year about San Joaquin Valley being poorer than Appalachia, so we'll have plenty to talk about. Okay, let's turn to Temperance Flat because it's the dam that will not die. It keeps going away. There was a story in the paper this morning uh, that uh, backers of the Temperance Flat, 10 Central Valley lawmakers, are once again are trying to get money to build a dam at Temperance Flat a few miles upstream from Fryant. And uh, actually their bond measure that they're going to push uh, also includes some money from restoration of the San Joaquin River. Now to review the last month since we were last on the air, um, our Central Valley legislators tried in Sacramento to get a dam as part of Governor Schwarzenegger's $37 billion bond measure. And uh, our assembly member, Juan Arambula, uh, caused a big stir when he refused to endorse any of the proposed bonds um, last week. And the assembly speaker, Fabian Nunez, uh, ungracefully forced Arambula into a smaller office and stripped him of his committee chairmanship, the Jobs Committee, uh, because um, Arambula abstained from the vote on Temperance Flat. This latest try uh, will be a separate uh, bond, apparently a petition drive, to get this bond proposal on the ballot in November. Uh, let's see, what is the total? It's about one point, a little over $1.2 billion bond measure, specifically to build or $500 million to build the dam at Temperance Flat, $125 million for studies related to that project, and $600 million for restoration of the San Joaquin River. Now, 
uh, Arambula has been praised by our mayor and uh, the Fresno Bee and uh, people in the agribusiness community for standing tall and refusing to participate in the 37 billion bond measure because the legislature chose not to include the temperance flat dam project. Um, the uh, president of the state senate, Don Parada, said that he didn't endorse using public funds to build a dam that would essentially uh, benefit a handful of people uh, in agribusiness at the southeast corner of the valley. And Assembly Speaker uh, Nunez has said essentially the same thing. There is one legislator in the valley, uh, Dean Flores, State Senator Dean Flores, who has taken the position uh, which I endorse, which is that let's not decide whether or not temperance flat is a good idea before the feasibility study is completed. Uh, the, what you frequently hear in the news is that this is a billion-dollar dam but if you look at the uh, study that has been completed to date on the project by consultants to the Bureau of Reclamation, the $1 billion figure is a preliminary figure. It doesn't include uh, certain cost, environmental mitigation, and most significantly, significantly it doesn't include the uh, lost electrical power that will result here, here's the, uh, here's, uh, I'm reading to you directly from a bureau document. Costs are preliminary and do not include mitigation, relocated or new recreation facilities, acquisition of impacted power facilities, or replacement power for lost generation. So how much power are we talking about? Well, it turns out it will flood out PG&E facilities and Southern California Edison facilities upstream from the Temperance Flat Dam. 216 gigawatt hours a year. I had no idea what a gigawatt hour was, so I looked it up. It's a billion kilowatts. I still don't know what a kilowatt hour is, but uh, somebody pointed out to me, take a look at your PG&E bill, and you will see you are charged for power at the rate of about 11 cents an hour per kilowatt hour. If you do the math on 216 gigawatts, that comes out to $25 million a year. If you multiply that out times the next 40 years, that's a billion dollars in lost power that the power companies are going to want to be compensated for. So, all of a sudden, we have doubled the price of the dam to $2 billion just for the next 40 years of lost power. How much power is 216 gigawatts? That's enough power to provide electricity for 21,600 homes for a year. PG&E is going to have to make that power up somewhere else, maybe by burning oil or coal in another, because hydropower, one of the benefits, it's a very clean source of power. So I'm going to get into the construction cost ballooning in just a second, but what I want to tell you is if you have any questions about the Temperance Flat Project, you can give us a call, 266-8888. We'd be glad to take your calls. All right, if you're familiar with the construction industry, Costs go up about uh, 10, 5 to 10 percent a year. Actually, they've been higher lately, but you can figure 10 percent a year. This, the feasibility study won't even be completed until 2009, and uh, most of the experts, whether they're for or against the dam, agree that construction is probably 10 to 15 years away, completion at least 10 or 15 years away. Therefore, 
if you double the current construction estimate because 10% a year for the next 10 years, you have $2 billion just for construction costs and a billion dollars for the uh, replacement, uh, the compensation to the power companies. So really what we're talking about here is a $3 billion dam. You don't hear this from Mayor Autry or from Warner Ambula or all the other legislators in the Valley that are boosting this dam. The other thing you don't hear is how little water is actually going to be generated. It is somewhere in between the range of 165,000 acre feet to 183,000 acre feet. Uh, by comparison purposes, the proposed Madera County groundwater bank is going to be 250,000 acre feet, and it probably will cost 2 to 3 percent what it would cost to build Temperance Flat. The second thing you do not hear proponents of the Temperance Flat Dam project telling you is how much of the new water that is created is going to be provided to agriculture and how much is going to go to the cities. Nobody has discussed that portion. I can guarantee you that the Friant unit growers that now get the lion's share of the river are going to want most of that new water. Now, one of the uh, proponents of the project has said that some of the water could be sold to urban interest for $350 an acre foot. Well, one, that tells you the real value of the water, and two, you can bet your bottom dollar that the growers who now pay $70 an acre foot for that water are not going to be willing to pay $350 an acre foot for that water. And by the way, an acre foot is enough water to cover a football field about a foot deep, about approximately 326,000 gallons. That's enough water to meet the uh, domestic needs of two families of five for a year. So, what if you are if this thing does make it onto the ballot for some reason, the questions that you're going to want answered from your politicians is one, what is the real price tag going to be on this dam? Uh, two, what percentage of the water is going to go for urban development? What percentage of the water is going to go to agriculture? And what is the water going to be sold for? Is it going to be sold for below what it actually costs to develop it? Those are the questions that the proponents have not yet answered. Um, I want to come back to the uh, Fresno Bee story this morning about the Valley legislators trying to get a bond measure on the ballot. Do we have a call? Vic, we have a call. Go ahead. Caller, can you hear me? Yes, this is Fritz from Clovis. Yes, sir. I heard the uh, mayor of Fresno, Mr. Autry, on the uh, television the other day, and he said that we needed Temperance Flat to uh, alleviate the flooding downstream. Is that uh, what you're feeling on that, Mr. Carton? I'll take your answer on the air. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Well, the short answer is uh, the the so-called flooding that we've had in the valley this spring doesn't have anything to do with uh, flood control conditions at Friant Dam. Uh, in Tulare County, they had some flooding which had to do with uh, some smaller creeks completely unconnected to the San Joaquin River. 
And, of course, Tulare County is out of the San Joaquin River watershed. In Merced County, there was some flooding on um, Bear Creek and Black Rascal Creek. That also was unconnected to the San Joaquin River, or I should say those creeks are tributary to the San Joaquin, but the flooding on those creeks occurred upstream from the main channel of the San Joaquin River and had absolutely nothing to do with uh, Friant Dam or any uh, flood conditions on the upper San Joaquin River. Now, the irony of the uh, sandbagging at Fireball, which remains under a flood threat, is that 90% of the water in the San Joaquin River channel that is flowing by Fireball does not come from the San Joaquin River, River, it comes from the Kings River. The Kings River, they're, they're making releases from Pine Flat Dam on the North Fork of the Kings River, and it connects into the San Joaquin River at Mendota through a channel that's known as the Fresno Slough. And the reason that they're diverting Kings River flows into the San Joaquin is to protect the cotton fields of J.G. Boswell, the billionaire cotton farmer down in the Tulare Lake Basin, because the natural... Uh, terminus of Kings River flows or what used to be Tulare Lake. Of course, it's been dried up, and we are now farming the bottom of a natural lake bed down there. So uh, the mayor, uh, while he may be well-intentioned, is misinformed. Um, the other irony is that the, the flooding that we had or the, the, the major releases of water that we had on Friant, from Friant Dam at the start of April were due to the fact that that dam, that lake, Millerton Lake, was filled up to store water for agriculture. If we kept Millerton uh, Lake uh, half empty all the time, we could handle uh, major flood events like the one that we experienced last month. So I hope that answered your question, caller. Thanks for the call. Uh, I want to just mention briefly, do we have a... Oh, the number is 266-8888 if you'd like to call us. You're listening to Lloyd Carter on Down in the Valley. This is KFCF 88.1. I want to return to the bond measure that all of our valley legislators but one is supporting. And again, I want to praise State Senator Dean Flores. He's uh, taken the position that why should we support a project until we see the cost-benefit analysis? And if we find out uh, that it's too expensive to generate the water uh, and there's a cheaper way to do it, why wouldn't you want to save the taxpayers some money? Dean Flores, uh, who represents uh, a portion of the South Valley up to actually to the Fresno area, says he's not going to support any uh, bond measure for water storage in our valley unless it includes money for underground water storage, water banks. He calls what's going on here yesterday, our other valley legislators, is just making a political statement. And, of course, uh, Flores, uh, Kern County, where Flores represents, they have water banks that total 3 million acre-feet of water. They are operated at a much cheaper rate than the San Joaquin, um, I should say they would be much cheaper than a dam at Temperance Flat on the San Joaquin River would be. Okay, well, Temperance Flat is going to be with us for a long time, so I won't belabor this. I've got a few other news items that I want to talk to you about California water issues not directly related to the San Joaquin River or Temperance Flat. One is an article about uh, Governor Schwarzenegger's 
appointees to the State Reclamation Board. You've probably never heard of the State Reclamation Board. They're a relatively obscure state agency that oversees flood protection levies in the valley. Now, um, because of the uh, Hurricane Katrina and what happened to the levy system in New Orleans and a state appellate court decision last year declaring that the state could be liable for damages if the levies in the Delta fail, the Reclamation Board last year decided that it was going to review um, housing developments behind the levees in the uh, Stockton, Sacramento, San Joaquin area. Unfortunately, that uh, decision by the the old Reclamation Board, most of those who were Gray Davis appointees, uh, didn't sit very well with the developers up in the Delta region who have plans to build 100,000 houses up there in the next few years, all below the levee walls. And the developers apparently uh, complained to the governor, and in late September, he fired the entire reclamation board and and put seven new appointees uh, onto the reclamation board, most of those who have strong ties to land developers. They uh, met, uh, the reclamation board met in uh, April and voted to allow development of an immense subdivision on a Delta Island south of Stockton. Uh, a transcript of the board's April 21 meeting reveals that two of the board members, Cheryl Blychester, who owns a Roseville engineering firm that does work for developers, and Terry Rye, a Contra Costa County public works engineer, pushed hard to expand the permits sought by the Cambay Group, the developer of the River Islands project. Uh, This is on the so-called Stewart Tract. It's an island in the Delta that is actually below the water line in the Delta, but it's surrounded by levees. And uh, those levees on that Stewart Tract actually broke when we had the flooding in uh, 1997. Nevertheless, this developer group, the Cambay Group, they want to build 11,000 houses, two golf courses, several marinas, and 5 million square feet of commercial space on this island in the delta that is below the levee, below the levees, below the waterline. Should we have an earthquake or a 500-year flood in California, you would be putting tens of thousands of people's lives at stake. Uh, This is what the governor has done with our reclamation board. So, you know, let's all keep our fingers crossed that next winter we don't have that 500-year flood. Okay, on to Kern County. Uh, There's a very interesting um, uh, measure on the ballot in Kern County, and it has to do with sludge. Uh, Sludge is the polite term for the stuff that goes down your toilet. It turns out that Kern County uh, gets a third of California's sludge spread on its fields, at a uh, farm in Kern County called Green Acres. Green Acres. And where's the sludge coming from? It's coming from Los Angeles. 750 tons a day of processed human waste is being spread on fields um, in Kern County, and the owner of Green Acres is none other than the city of Los Angeles. Now, once again, Dean Flores uh, has led the charge to stop our valley from being used as a dumping ground 
for the waste products of Los Angeles County. And so on June 6th, Kern County voters will be asked to ban the use of sewage sludge on that county's farm fields. L.A. officials contend, of course, that Dean Flores is manipulating voters using scare tactics and their sludge is perfectly safe, they say. They cast themselves, this is L.A., as a victim of a campaign to cast Los Angeles as a sludge-spewing predator. Um, The irony is... uh, uh, O'Carroll Whiteside, by the way, who's director of the Great Valley Center in Modesto. Some of you may know Carol. Uh, there's an interesting quote here. She says, quote, The valley is home to every one of the 11 prisons built in this state since 1990. We have waste burners and tire burner burners and proposals for ever more garbage. At some point, there's enough critical mass that people say no more. That's not our future. So... Uh, I think that the people of Kern County are fed up about taking crap from L.A. Not to make a bad pun here. So we shall follow that, and next month I will give you that report. Uh, Our half an hour has flown by, as it always does. Vince, once again, let our listeners know about the debate on May 24th at Fresno State University. And then I'll have a closing thought. As I said earlier, Lloyd, the motion before the House, agribusiness has served the people of the Central Valley very well. There's three very talented people on the pro side who are going to argue that premise. And uh, contrary to what you might think when you hear the motion, there will be three people arguing that the premise is false. Obviously, that agribusiness has not served the people of the Central Valley very well. So it may seem rather harmless motion, but I'll guarantee you it's going to bring a lot of subjects, a lot of areas of concern to all of us who live here in the Valley, and for that matter, across the state and around the nation. So once again, Wednesday, May 24, 7 o'clock, Uh, Free parking in the lot A, adjacent to the Craig School of Business, California State University, Fresno. Okay, and I'd like to close with a story from the Los Angeles Times. It's a water story. And, of course, 37 million Californians produce huge amounts of wastewater every day, everything from... uh, Everything that goes down your kitchen sink, everything that goes down your toilet, everything that goes down your shower. Uh, science knows that they can treat this water and make it uh, remove everything harmful out of it so uh, that people could drink it again. So the question is, why don't we recycle our wastewater uh, and put it in, recharge our underground aquifers uh, to replenish our drinking supplies? And they had done a study as to why people have an an instinct not to want to drink treated water. And there's a little anecdote here. There's a professor at the University of Pennsylvania named Paul Rosen, and he does an experiment with students. In front of a group of students, he briefly dips a dead cockroach into a glass of juice. Then he offers the students a sip. Well, naturally, everyone refuses. He tells them that the bug has been sterilized with the same kind of equipment hospitals use to clean surgical tools. There's no doubt that the cockroach is completely 
sterile and represents no danger to the students. Nevertheless, nobody wants to drink from the juice in which a cockroach has been dipped. That is the problem facing proponents of reuse of wastewater. Uh, we have methods of uh, cleaning up uh, wastewater, settling tanks, sand filtration, chemical disinfection, and naturally occurring bacteria are the normal means of cleaning wastewater. Um, but these methods do not remove all traces of pharmaceutical products that research researchers are finding in sewage. Studies indicate that more advanced treatment and consisting of reverse osmosis, which is pushing the water through ultra-thin membranes, and disinfection with ultraviolet light and peroxide can reduce such contaminants to undetectable levels. But once again, it's still our state policy and our state law that reclaimed water cannot be sent directly to your household taps, even though um, the people who have cleaned it up can argue that it's perfectly safe for you to drink. So... California, by the way, is a national leader in using reclaimed water. Of course, we can use that water for golf courses and landscaping and things like that. Uh, the fact remains, however, that 2% of California's urban and agricultural wastewater is all that is cycled, and most of that goes to uh, landscaping and uh, some farming non-food crops uh, a 2003 task force concluded that if California quadrupled its reclaimed use over the next 30 years, the water saved would amount to as much as half the supplies needed to satisfy the demands of projected population growth during that period. We spend billions capturing water we've used for some purpose, treat it to a very high standard, and then throw it away. We can't afford to do that any longer. Well, we've reached the end of the show. This is Down in the Valley with Lloyd Carter. We air on the second Friday of each month at 3 p.m. Mark your calendars, and I'll see you next month. Thanks for listening.